0: Have you not been recording, Snuggy?
1: No, I just started.
0: Are you telling me that my entire British accent slash Australian accent bit was not on record?
1: Well, it might have been for you.
0: I mean, That's I know. Amazing. I was recording. I've been recording for 48 seconds. How long have you been recording, uh-huh. Snuggy. I
1: don't know. 24 seconds.
0: Stop yawning. We got a show to make.
1: I'm sorry, I got like four hours of sleep last night.
0: Oh. Well, now I feel bad. It's cool. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew.
1: And I am Kelly.
0: Thank you for that declaration. We're back. We took a hiatus. Not for you people. You people didn't get a break at all. No break from talking games for you. Although that should be a good thing, because it's content that you want to consume, I assume. Do you think I hurt the audience's feelings?
1: Maybe a little bit. Maybe you should apologize.
0: Mm. Do you want to do the first news story?
1: <laughs> wow. He <laughs> won't even apologize. Yeah, I'll do the very first news story. Um, of
0: 2023. Do
1: you know who Sony is? Do you know who they are?
0: Um, They make uh the Switch.
1: No. Oh. You had one job. And you did it wrong. <laughs>
0: Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Now I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: um, Sony has has proclaimed that the uh, the PS5 has cleared 30 million sales after its biggest month yet. That's 30 million units of PlayStation Five. Um, and they consider themselves uh out of their little uh, shortage, which was happening for like the first two years of the. Lifespan of the PS5, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, this happened in December. Not not super surprising considering it's a holiday month, so... Probably a lot of people are buying new consoles with for gifts and with uh, bonus money. Because sometimes people get holiday bonuses. Um, so yeah, this number of units has been steadily going up every quarter. So...
0: That's a lot of PlayStation 5s.
1: That's a lot of PlayStation 5s.
0: I just want to know why we're still getting PS4 or PS5 cross-gen games now that there's been 30 million PS5s sold.
1: Well, maybe that'll change next year.
0: Maybe. I hope so. I mean, let me think. Currently, like, a lot of the big upcoming games, which I'm not going to go into because, you know, for the audience, that was last week's episode, but... So many of them are cross-gen. It's just frustrating. And I even, like, I think about, like, Yakuza... I'm sorry, Like a Dragon 8 is coming out next year, early next year. And that's cross-gen. I'm like, that's 2024. That's crazy. It yeah. reminds me of, like, when Persona 5 came out on PS3 in 2017. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what's that doing there?
1: Yeah. So. To be fair, though, that I don't think that that's a game that is, like particularly constrained by being on an old console because it's so like stylized.
0: Yeah. But I think it's mostly just frustrating. Cause like we've gotten into it before. There's just so much potential that's not being reached, but yeah. Speaking of unreached potential, according to a well-known video game, YouTube channel, digital foundry, they do a ton of work on like the technical side of the video game industry they have information from insiders that says that Switch Pro was real, but it was canceled due to parts shortages, and instead, Nintendo decided to shift those resources towards working on the next console they have in the pipe. Um, this is not—it's good to hear this officially. This surprises me not at all. I'm—I heard this and I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah, probably."
1: Yeah, it was probably just sort of a sunk cost to even attempt to, to work on a upgraded console when they could just work on the next one instead and be confident in the reality that maybe there won't be part shortages and all sorts of shenanigans as they work on the Nintendo
0: Switch 2, I hope.
1: <laughs> Switch Switcher. The Nintendo Switcher.
0: Mm, I know, thanks.
1: The Nintendo Switchy. That one I like. That one's better. A little bit bit cuter, I think.
0: I hope that the Switch successor comes out March of 24. That would make sense. Because that'd be seven years, you know? That's very typical. But, you know, it's Nintendo. They're not typical, usually.
1: Yeah, they who might knows?
0: Be, they might be looking at it like, well, we're still selling them. Why would we stop making them? Why would we move on to the next one if we're still selling them? And I'm like, because because I want it. Yeah. They should consider my feelings.
1: They should be consulting with you directly.
0: Yeah. Talking games with Kelly and Andrew and Doug Bowser.
1: <laughs> I wish Doug Bowser were here.
0: I'll invite him next week.
1: He can see my Snuggie.
0: Nobody can see yours. Well, I guess Doug would be able to because he'd be on the show.
1: Exactly. exactly. We already
0: mentioned the Snuggie this episode.
1: Yeah, I'm wearing a Snuggie just so everybody knows.
0: I guess we didn't. There was a cold open that happened and I talked about your Snuggie, but I called you a Snuggie and I didn't mention that you were wearing one. <laughs> so maybe thought that people thought that was like some British or Australian slang I was throwing at you. Maybe. Sorry, everybody.
1: Sorry, folks. We hope that you will continue collaborating with us in a multi um, in a um, uh, so going? um, so anyway, <laughs> the the Last of Us uh, ten uh, year anniversary, um, is uh, is this year? It's in June, and uh, Naughty Dog had a little update on the multiplayer that's supposed the multiplayer game that's supposed to be coming out, um, and the update was that we will get a new update uh later this year. What so. an update! What an update. Uh, So we get an update for an update. Um, This is not that surprising. I guess I thought we would know more by now, but I mean, it is what it is. I think they would do well to sort of capitalize off of the show, which is happening this upcoming Sunday. Um, But I guess they're just going to wait until later this year so maybe they'll they'll do it in June on the anniversary I don't really know
0: I was gonna say I feel like the 10 year anniversary is so prime to either either show off the uh, trailer or whatever they're gonna show or maybe talk about what's next for the series but I feel like they can't talk about Last of Us 3 before the multiplayer game is at least almost out like I feel like they could cross promote but I, I I have a tendency to believe that the multiplayer game has to be out before they even talk about Part 3.
1: Is the is there going to be a Last of Us 3?
0: Yeah. I mean, they've been, like, cagey, but it's all but confirmed. There were some recent comments by Druckmann that makes it all but confirmed, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they also said in this update that the series has sold 37 million copies. Like, there's no chance that Sony would let them not make a third. Because I think Sony has enough of a chokehold on Naughty Dog that they get to be like, you have, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious, though. Do we know when um, the series ends?
1: I would assume it's going to be ten episodes, so probably.
0: I thought it was. I think it's nine.
1: So probably like March.
0: Okay, because I was thinking maybe they'd like. That's very non-traditional, but maybe they'd include it in like the lead up to the series finale or the our season finale you know is that normal mm-hmm. no i don't think tv does that a lot do they
1: it's hard to say because it's 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 a bit, it's th- there aren't really a lot of shows that are video game adap- adaptations so usually so. they build the hype before the show or in this case i would assume they could try and build it after um like just sort of con- to continue on the momentum. But I honestly think it would be better to do that like in the middle of the season because then it's like you get people wanting to watch more and you also are giving them something to like sort of sustain themselves after the show is over. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know.
0: Um, you're right. It, it, March 12th is when episode nine premieres. So um, You'll know better than I do. Does Does HBO drop episodes like immediately after they happen? Like the second they that they're done on HBO. They them at the
1: same time. Yeah. So 9 oh. p.m. Eastern Standard, they'll drop the episode.
0: Okay. So I can watch it on my app while it's premiering on TV? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then, yeah, we probably will be talking about it next week. Because I was thinking if it comes out at like 11 p.m. or whatever, if it's like an hour after this show ends, I wouldn't be able to watch that they- before we record on Mondays.
1: Yeah, they used to do it where it was after, but once they did H- once they got HBO Max, that's when they started premiering them at the same time. Like okay. they would do that with um House of the Dragon. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, cuz I don't have TV, obviously. Yeah, but same. I'd love to give my impressions of the series finale. That's next week.
1: You mean the series premiere?
0: What would I say? Finale. Oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wow, actually got really I got the short whole series. Season. <laughs> I got the whole they sent me a Blu-ray of the whole the whole show.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see um I'm excited. Every Donatella. time I see a every time I see a little uh preview or trailer for it, I kind of like stop and and watch it.
0: Um some eagle-eared listeners are going to hear the fact that I quietly said Donatello while you were talking.
1: Yeah, he's my favorite ninja turtle.
0: Are you sure it's not Michelangelo?
1: Uh I actually liked the one with the purple
0: don't don't question my. I don't know which ones are rich. Let me look it up. I can't even remember the fourth one. Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and the fourth one, Kelly.
1: Purple teenage. Oh, that is Donatello. He's the purple one.
0: Okay, who's the fourth one? Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and
1: I. I. Oh, Raphael.
0: Raphael. Well, <laughs> three of those don't matter, according to PlayStation. Who has announced Project Leonardo, a new accessibility controller? Um, this is similar, in a sense, to the Xbox accessible controller. It looks, it looks a lot different. Um, the the picture that we saw kind of looks like an arcade stick attached to like a round device with buttons all along the edge. Um, There's also, of course, plugs so you can put in your own uh, accessories, so like foot pedals and stuff. I think this is amazing. This is something that we need more of, and I'm happy that PlayStation's getting on the same boat that that Xbox did. My only concern is that they're going to overcharge for this, which is sad because, you know, this should be something to help people get in the games, but if it's so expensive, it's not going to help at all, you know? But who's to say? I think it looks really nice. I'm excited that they're doing this.
1: Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think that the um, I think the design of it is really nice, but I sort of echo your sentiment that I just have a bad feeling that it's going to be kind of expensive, just because it's a controller anyway, and controllers are really expensive these days. Um, And I think that because this is a sort of specialty controller, it's just going to be really expensive, which I think really goes against the whole accessibility thing that they are emphasizing with it, but
0: because the Xbox One is a hundred dollars, which like obviously that's about twice the price of an Xbox controller, but that's I think that's reasonable for what it is. Because there's so much capability and it's it's allowing so much for players. Um, eh.
1: I don't think any controller should be over like sixty dollars. I don't think you should have to pay more for a controller than you play for or than you pay for a game. So sixty or seventy dollars would be.
0: Yeah, I think the Xbox One makes more sense to me, but at the same time. Xbox the one on Xbox is basically a series of plugs that you can attach to like whatever you see fit whereas this looks like it comes with buttons like you could theoretically play any game just with this you don't have to plug anything into it mm-hmm. uh, I guess you know I don't really know what this is going to be like I am I'm privileged enough that I don't I don't need a controller like this to be able to play games but I'd be very interested to talk to somebody who, who would benefit from this and see how they feel. And if they're nervous about this game themselves or this controller themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh... so
0: it sounds like you're about to report on like the death of like somebody (laughs) very important to you.
1: No, no. Um, Rumor mill. The rumor mill has it that uh, there've been whisperings for a very long time that, there is going to be some sort of Persona 3 remake. Um, and uh, these rumors that were not super substantiated. And I guess uh, back in the end of last year, somebody said, hey, you know what? Persona 3 Portable is going to re-release on, on new platforms, and they're going to uh, remake Persona 3. And the first one came true, so people are saying the second one is gonna uh, come true. Um, I am a little bit hesitant to say that there's going to be a Persona Three remake. I think that uh, it isn't. It is Persona Three sits at a very interesting spot in the series because it's the least accessible out of all of them. Um, you either have to play it on PlayStation Two or Luckily, you'll get to play it on Game Pass or Switch, but you'll only be able to play Persona 3 Portable, which is not... I would not consider that the full game because you're not even... I mean, it, it's its very limited versus actually actual Persona 3. Um, I do think it would maybe be a, a, a good idea um, to remake Persona 3. I think they would probably make a lot of money because people want to play this game. Um. But uh, I I just don't know. I just don't know if I believe this. Even though they were right about the one thing, um,
0: the one thing was pretty predictable. I mean, yeah, a port is not a big deal, but
1: yeah, and 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 I can see the arguments both ways of people saying, well, why would they do a remake when they just released a port? Um, which is like, yeah, but a port is like, it's not. It, it doesn't require the obviously it doesn't require the same amount of energy and effort that a remake does um i think this would be really cool but i really don't want to get my hopes up because i just don't foresee it i just think it would be a really really intense undertaking and if they aren't working on it then we're not going to see it for like i mean I, we're just not going to see it i don't think i mean yeah i I'm, i I'm like i want to be excited on it too. I want to be excited because I that would be really incredible, especially if the rumors are true and it would be like a fully fledged like Persona 3, Persona 3 FES, Persona 3 portable, like full robust uh, remake um, because it would be really cool to be able to play the full game, like especially with a female protagonist because her version of the game is just a bit different. It's a little bit more like a visual novel with combat elements. Uh, yeah. which you do actually get to play, but the visual novel... I mean, you're not walking around like you are in regular Persona, and you don't see your character's model. It's just different. It's a different experience. So it would be really, really cool if they could do that, but uh, I'm am just not... I just don't see a lot of substantial evidence that this is true.
0: I think the thing for me is i am I've always been a little disappointed because Persona 5 was so incredible it is so incredible and that graphical style like you could just remake persona 3 in that style one for one and i'd be a, i'd be a happy camper you don't need to change things up drastically for every release you know mm-hmm. and i don't think that the team would be willing to release something that looks so similar which is why we don't get games as regularly you know because persona 5 is an absolute like groundbreaking master class of games but that means that they can't make it as quickly because they're like, let's put so much flair and, and gorgeous design into this that it will take us years. And they could have just taken that brilliant formula and made like a Persona 3 or 4 and and 4, I should say, remake. But instead, I think that's not what they want. It's going to be hard to say. I, I guess we'll be able to tell within 12 months if this is true, obviously. I hope it is, but at the same time, if the team has, like, Persona 6 cooking up and it's not too far away, that, that would be more exciting to me. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But. Yeah. Callie, what you've what you been playing this week.
1: Well, it's funny that we are talking about Persona because I, in preparation for 3 and 4, uh, being on Game Pass, I uh, downloaded Persona 5 Royal, uh on game pass and i started playing it now i have played persona 5 the original base game vanilla game whatever you want to call it way back in 2018 uh i remember it was like right when i was graduating college and i have a lot of fond memories but i never finished it so because i know royal is sort of like the definitive experience i was like you know what let me just get in the mood um so i've been playing it I'm I think I'm like 25 hours in. Maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. I'm not the sure.
0: Play in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been in it, you know what I mean? Um but I'm enjoying it. So I don't know if it's just my memory. I don't find a whole lot of new stuff so far because I'm still pretty early in the game. I just got done with like the second main story palace I guess you could call it um to not be super spoilery I won't say anything else but uh yeah I mean when you play Persona 5 it's like it's it's just a very cohesive experience the design of it is incredible the gameplay is fun I find that it is the least um sometimes it's really really hard to get into I think this is a JRPG thing in general but Persona is really it's very is very egregious in persona games it's like the first like eight hours of the game you're like okay now i have to do this okay now i have to do this you don't have a whole lot of freedom
0: it's just an anime
1: (laughs) yeah the game becomes a lot more fun when it opens up and you are able to have more control over what you're doing um what you choose i guess what you're doing what i'm what i'm what i said so like i don't know i I always, and this is how I play Persona 3, like I would always just do everything in one night, like combat wise, and then just take the rest of the time and just like hang out and do my social stuff. Um, And I've been having a really good time. Um, I find that the theming of Persona 5, I find the themes of Persona 5 to be the second strongest in the series. I think Persona 3 is the best written game. I think it has the strongest themes. I think it is the most, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Nuanced?
1: Yeah. I think it just has a really strong, mm, I can't think of any other word but theme. That's I just a think good word though. It, yeah. I just think it has a really strong sense of self. Persona 4, I think, flounders a little bit in that a little bit more. I still think it's a good game, and I like the cast of Persona 4 a lot. Um, But Persona 5, I think, sort of brings them both together. I think the themes are really strong, and I think the characters are really enjoyable. I like the characters a lot in 5. I like the new characters introduced in Royal. Um, I'm enjoying the new social links. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see where they go. But yeah, um I probably will finish this. I don't know if I'm definitely not going to finish it in time for the ports. And I will probably actually be playing Fire Emblem uh sooner rather than later. So I'm not going to be able to finish this game, but uh those are kind of my thoughts. And like I said, I'm I I I you know, I played Persona 5, so I already have a really strong base knowledge of the story and like the characters so some yeah. of the introductory stuff i was like all right like i get it like even though i played it you know five years ago it, it's
0: memorable <laughs>
1: it's very memorable so it kind of just felt really like i said at the beginning it's very like handholding like okay we're doing this now okay we're doing this now shouldn't you go to bed now shouldn't you go to bed now it's like everybody hates you you're criminal go to bed it's like okay, like I get it. But I'm like, okay, but I need to go work my job at the beef bowl shop, okay? And then I need to get my knowledge up, okay? And you guys are making are preventing me from doing that because you want me to do this this and this. Anyway.
0: I've been looking to get back into it. I've been held off partially by my interest in potentially playing Persona 3 Portable on Game Pass. Um I never did play Royal I have it. I bought the collector's edition because I loved Persona 5 so much that I was like, gotta buy the collector's edition. And then I started it when it came out, but I was just like, mm, hasn't been long enough. It's still too fresh in my mind. Um, And I still kind of feel that way after a couple years, but I'm definitely getting closer to the point of wanting to replay it, and we'll see when that ends up happening. It will happen, though, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. So, I played a game that I also have played in the past, that being Crisis Core, the prequel to Final Fantasy VII, which just got a remake on all major platforms, including Switch, called Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, or Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, or Final Fantasy VII Reunion Crisis Core. I don't know. They seem pretty interchangeable. This title's pretty dumb, but all you need to know is it is Crisis Core, the remake of the PSP Classic, this is unchanged. It is visually unbelievably better, but you are playing a PSP game in a lot of senses. Um, The level design is still very linear. The combat is still action RPG. Um, It does not adopt what Final Fantasy VII Remake did, but it tells the story of Zack Fair and what I think is a pretty efficient package. Um, It's definitely better than the PSP game because the PSP game has a lot of... um, design fluff you know like when you are using what there's this thing called the dmw which is a constantly running slot machine in the top left corner of the screen um and when it gets certain numbers you get bonuses if three characters in a row line up you get a special attack that you can do it's very silly it's very japanese uh very dumb but it's wonderfully entertaining but in the psp game this is one really good example of how they sped the game along if you got two characters it would stop what you were doing to show you the third, uh, the third slot playing to see if it would line up. And it doesn't even mean it would. Sometimes it wouldn't line up, which means you had to stop and watch this scene every single time. They got rid of that. They made it so now it just happens in the background at all times. And the only time it freezes is when it's showing you like a special cutscene, which is, you know, that's cool. Um, there's a lot of incredible stuff in this game, though. The weird, the only weird thing visually to me is that they didn't remake the pre-rendered cutscenes, and now the in-game cutscenes almost look better than the pre-rendered cutscenes because it's you know it's been so many years. It's like been fifteen years and several console generations, so it makes sense that real-time cutscenes can surpass that now. Um, but that means that like certain character designs just look different. In the cutscene, in some cutscenes, which I thought was really peculiar. Hmm. And that also means that uh, it's like resolution's a little crunchy. But ultimately, I enjoyed it a lot. This is very much for fans of Final Fantasy VII. Do not start with this one. Don't. That's a bad idea. (laughs) I think your best bet is probably Final Fantasy VII Remake or the original if you think you can handle a little bit of oldness. But I really enjoyed going back to this game. I have a lot of nostalgia for Crisis Core, so I was excited to play this remake. And it came and went, and I loved it. It was a a nice eight-hour journey compared to, like, 15 to 20 in the original game because of so much fluff. Um, I liked it a lot. I think the length was good. I'm glad it wasn't longer. The side content is real boring, but also real optional. So I decided to just avoid that and enjoy a story that they gave me.
1: Nice.
0: That's game number one. Game number two. Well, Go ahead.
1: Um, no, I was just going to say, what was game number two?
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, you were trying to set me up and I went too fast. That's
1: all right. You're on a
0: roll. Um, well, put on your thinking caps because we're going to talk uh, or put on your gaming caps because <laughs> we're going to talk about Hat and Time. This is oh. a, a 3D platformer from indie developer Gears for Breakfast. It came out five years ago. It's adorable. No, it came out 60. it came out in 2017. It is absolutely adorable. It's about hat kid. It's this little little young lady who wears a big old top hat and runs around doing platforming challenges. It's sort of akin to a lot of 3D platformers of old like Mario 64 is the one I think it's most similar to. Um, you enter a world, you do a little challenge in this in this little sandbox and then you get a a little time stopper. A little time device that is your goal. Um, It's kind of like the star for Mario sixty four. What is it called? What are those things called? Not the you know the the clock, sand clock.
1: Oh, an hourglass.
0: Hourglass.
1: (laughs) What did I? Sand clock. Oh no. You get a little
0: sand clock. No, you get hourglasses. Um, I like this game a lot. It's not quite as polished as like a Mario game, but that's what, you know, it's an independent developer. That's what you'd expect. But there's so much heart behind everything they did. I thought there was a lot of style, a lot of love and care put into this game. And the expressment move, expressive movement mechanics are really nice. There's a lot of options. You have a double jump, you have a dash, you have a sprint. All these options allow you to do some really creative platforming and sort of skirt around what the developers are putting in front of you, see if you can approach different things and come up with creative solutions, which is my favorite way to play games like this. Um, I finished the game in about six hours, did about 70% of what the game had to offer, decided I was happy and left it behind. Um, I saw the credits, you know, it's one of those games. I saw the credits and I was like, okay, I'm done. Um, But there's so much heart in this game and I'm really excited to see what Gears for Breakfast does next, whether that be Hat in Time 2 or something different. It also made me very hungry for a new Mario game, so I really hope a 3D Mario game is somewhere on the horizon. Maybe it'll come out with that 3D or the Switch 2 that comes out in March of 24, like I said. Yeah. Because I know that, and I'm not making that up at all. Right. (laughs) Last game I played of the week. I didn't quite finish yet, so you'll probably hear a little bit more about this later. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order came to PlayStation Plus, so I finally hopped on the train. Decided to give this game a try. I don't like Star Wars very much anymore. I used to love it as a kid. I kind of liked it into my adulthood. Uh, after Star Wars Eight, which I loved, I love Star Wars Eight, but after that one, everything else let me down, and I just felt completely burnt out. And then after Star Wars Nine, I decided, nope, done. Not interested in the series. Um, but. I think uh, Jedi Survivor looks really interesting. And this game came to PlayStation Plus. So I was like, you know what? There's nothing really keeping me from playing this game except my own feelings. And I figured it might be like a Marvel situation where I played Spider-Man on PS4. And I was like, oh, I don't like comic book movies one bit. But as video games, yeah, this is a great power fantasy. It's a wonderful product. And it's the best way to tell these stories. Aside from, you know, the original source material. I feel very similarly to this, actually. I think that video games are a really good means of telling Star Wars stories. This is so much better than, like, the Battlefield or Battlefront 2 campaign mode that I played. This is uh, just more exciting, more polished. The combat is really nice. Um, the combat is the highlight of the game. It's not as complicated as Dark Souls, because I've heard this game compared to Dark Souls a lot. I think the biggest comparison to that game that I would make is actually in the level design. Um, I think that it being a star Wars game kind of holds it back in that sense because I wish this was just a complicated linear game where the world kept growing and you were just exploring one really big web on one planet. But because it's a star Wars game, you have to leave and go to other planets because you know, it's part of the brand. Um, and I think that kind of hurts it because one, that means you can't keep exploring. You have to stop and take breaks and stuff. And two, there's a lot of backtracking that's very frustrating. Like on the one planet, I did this major mission. And then at the end, it was like, okay, get back to your ship. And it took forever just to figure out how to get out because it was, I had to take a slightly different route out of the dungeon I was in to get back to my ship. And it was not satisfying at all. And it ended up taking like half an hour. And I'm like, the quest took me an hour. I should have just teleported back to my ship and gone to the next thing. I didn't want to spend 30 minutes just trying to get back, you know? Yeah. Um, but thankfully that's only happened once egregiously I think I'm about halfway through the game but it's hard to tell it's a lot longer than I realized because I knew there were like five major planets and I finished the third one and I was like this game's zipping right by and then it was like okay go back to the second planet and I was like what and then it was like an hour mission on the second planet I'm like oh I have to like go back and redo things on these planets hmm. but nothing wrong with the long game if it's, if it's warranted we'll see if this game keeps me hooked enough to finish it it made me definitely more interested in Jedi Survivor, but we'll see if I get to that game. I probably won't get to that game on release day cuz like February and March are insane for video games. But I probably will try to get to it at some point.
1: Yeah. So.
0: That's all I played. Well, I played a bunch of Fortnite.
1: Fortnite.
0: Please don't judge me.
1: Fork. Knife.
0: That's what I call it.
1: Did you um who do you play as?
0: Uh, so I used to be default, but then I finally got enough V Bucks through organic play that I bought a battle pass. Because I will, I've never given the money, and I won't because even though the developers are talented, I, out of principle, I'm like, I can't give money.
1: Fortnite battle pass.
0: Yeah, I got what'd one.
1: You, what'd you get?
0: So I got the default lady whose name is Celine. Okay. I like her a lot. She's really cool and, and pretty and anime. Okay. And then I got the Doomslayer. Oh, huh. And I don't like any of the other skins that they're selling in the Battle Pass, so I just haven't gotten them.
1: You don't like uh, Thanos?
0: Well, that's not in the Battle Pass, Kelly.
1: Oh, Fortnite Battle Pass. Sorry. Are you
0: just mumbling, like, words that you've heard?
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm like a baby. I'm just, like, learning language, so I have to repeat things to learn it.
0: Well, that sounds like a Fortnite player to me.
1: Fortnite Battle Pass. A baby,
0: even though I'm a baby. Baby, Fortnite, but soon we'll baby. soon we'll have uh, Gerard of Rivia in the game. Gerard. Um, uh, Jerry of Rivia. Jerry, Rivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry! Probably...
1: it's like uh, Seinfeld, but it's
0: The Witcher. Seinfeld, but The Witcher. Can you give me like five second, like a, a quick elevator pitch of what that's like?
1: Yeah, it's it's like the same style sitcom of Seinfeld, but all the characters are from The Witcher instead. But there's still a laugh track.
0: Well, I thought you were gonna do like a vo- like a voice. Do you think I'm
1: funny? Do you think I'm funny enough to do that on the spot? No.
0: Well, no. what are you? What are the characters? What are, what's the deal? What's, what's the, deal the deal with, with this uh, Griffin over here? With
1: chimeras. What's eh.
0: the deal with the cows that you could keep killing and they keep respawning every time I go in the store?
1: What's the and deal with they- that Yennefer. What's and the, our gooseberries. And our lilacs.
0: What's the deal with the bathtub? Why they take pictures of me in the bathtub while my feet feet my toesies are in the air? What they, what's, what's the deal? This is not a Jerry Seinfeld voice. It
1: kind of started off as a Jerry Seinfeld voice and then it escalated into something <laughs> very different.
0: What's the deal with what's the deal? Why am I taking a bath in a big circle? A big on a in a in a tub? What's the deal with? I'm with not the sure, magic.
1: I'm not sure that this stand up set would go over very well. I'm not sure. What's lie the
0: to deal me. with Henry Cavill? What's the deal?
1: What's the, what's S- the deal?
0: Superman? More like. Pff.
1: Okay. Thanks, thanks for everybody. everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that we both knew that was the end.
1: It had <laughs> to be. It has to be the end.
0: We'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody, for uh, enjoying those holiday episodes. We're back to normal content now. Um, I'm excited for another year of talking games. This is our first recording of the year. We took a few weeks off, so we're kind of shaking the, not rust, like we're not rusty, but it was exciting to be back in it, you know? Yeah. So, and next week we'll have, uh, not a video game to talk about. How have we decided how we're reviewing last of us? Are we doing a premiere review and then we'll wait till the end to review the rest of the series?
1: I think we can do episode by episode. Okay. Just a little Last of Us talk. Talk.
0: Yeah. I think I'll probably be a week behind after the premiere because I don't like staying up late to watch things. But we'll see how much. If I love that series premiere, I might stay up every Sunday night for the next nine weeks. Yeah. Either way, we're here for you. We love you. If you're having a tough day, I hope it gets better. Feel free to to ask Talking Games to shout you out if you feel like we would help you. That seems (laughs) like I'm selling a service. That yeah. Is established, but it's not established. Yeah. Sorry everybody. I mean, thank you everybody.
1: Thanks everybody. <laughs> Bye.